A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Mm. So today we're talking about truth and love. <laughs> what it means to speak in love and with truth, or to speak truth in a loving way. It's a hard thing. It's an immensely hard thing, especially in marriage, when you have typically the most casual of casual conversations. <laughs> and if we're not careful, we can be very dismissive of one another in how we approach um, approach hard conversations. Yeah. Right. So, well, usually when it's about each other, like if I have to talk to you about something about you, it's really hard to do sometimes because we are, our walls go up, insecurity sets in, and we get on mm -hmm. the defense before like two words are out of our spouse's mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to spend some time talking about that. We're going to look at Matthew 5. We're going to obviously look at this verse from Proverbs that we just read. It comes from Proverbs 25. And we're going to talk about what it means to be a peacemaker and not just a peacekeeper mm. and how truth and love play into that. So thank you for joining us today, and uh, we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. <laughs> truth and love. All right. Sing. Good times over here. Good <laughs> truth times and love. over here. Speaking truth and love. <laughs> I feel like you like to speak a lot of truth, not in love, though. <laughs> Just uh, <kidding>. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe one, it's the other way around. I really try say, to love you and speak truth. <laughs> one could work. say that the most loving thing you can say to someone is truth. <laughs> one could say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it has to do with the mode of communication. Yeah. Right? There's, there's the things you're actually saying, the, the the substance of what you're saying, but then there's the style of it. <laughs> and then there has to be the whole proverb side of like the listening ear, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the end of that verse yeah. is where most of us struggle mm. the most. Like, oh yes, yes, wise words are like gold in a silver setting. Yes, yes, yes. You know, listening among... ears, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we mine, asked... are, mine are plugged with uh, pride. Plugged with pride. <laughs> sounds like a maybe a book idea. You're welcome. A blog post. It's kind of yucky. <laughs> All plugged up. This is waxy. Waxy pride. <laughs> so actually, I posed this question to our listener, our readers on Facebook and Instagram. If you follow us there, you probably saw this come through. If you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, find Fierce Marriage. Mm. Uh, we hope to, we do share content daily, almost daily on Instagram anyway. Um, but he asked this question, what, uh, what issues, uh, do you feel like cause the most kind of arguments in your marriage? Mm. We asked fierce husbands on the fierce husbands group. We asked fierce wives in the fierce wives group and across the board, it was communication. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, conveying ideas of substance with each other in a way that was actually beneficial and edifying and didn't create more problems. Yeah. A lot of times. We're really good at, at <laughs> having bad tones, having agendas, mm. having mm -hmm. underlying, you know, messages that we are like, why doesn't he get this? <laughs> or you, we assume to the nth degree and, uh, they, some, they say something mm -hmm. and it triggers all these different assumptions in our own it's hearts. It's just hard to talk. So it's attribute, hard to talk. We attribute those assumptions to each other. 
anyway, it's a felt need. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into that today and hopefully um, add some biblical insight uh, into our modern issue of communication. Yeah. Before we do that. Uh, I want to make sure and remind you guys, please do take a few seconds and rate and review this podcast if you haven't done that yet. Um, a rating is just takes a few seconds. If you want to write a little review, one sentence will do. Just something so other listeners who are maybe on the fence can know what they're getting into or what they hope to gain by listening yeah. to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. That is the currency of the podcasting world. So please do that. Um, secondly... If you have uh, a question, you can ask that. Go to FierceMarriage.com slash podcast. There's a button there. There's also a phone number, 971-333-1120. Call or text that number with any questions. Uh, we do, we do, um, we tabulate those, we categorize those, and we keep them, and we try to answer them kind of systematically. So please, if you don't hear your question answered right away, trust that we didn't miss it. Um, we just you have to say find we. Time. You're the one that does all the categorizing. I do it all. You do it all. <laughs> I do everything. Well, just, that's so generous of you to say that, but you really do all of that categorizing. <laughs> I categorize clothes and diapers and food, <laughs> all those kinds of things. Yes, much harder task, yeah, I might right. add. Um, well, speaking of which, we actually do get help in that kind of stuff. We have Katie who helps us. We have oh, Kyla yeah. who helps us. We can do a little intro. We have Carrie who point. helps yep. us. And all of those folks are possible because of our patrons. Yes. So they're the people that have locked arms with us, have said, we are passionate about God's vision for marriage, and we want to see that made loud and clear in mm -hmm. modern culture. And fierce marriage is the thing that God has impressed upon your heart to help. So thank you, patrons, for all of your amazing support and help. Uh, we also do have uh, transcriptions because of that as well. Hey and so that is just, that is a huge blessing. Um, so if you want to be a part of that army, the small army that is being amassed on the internet, uh, please do pray about that. And yeah. all we ask is that if you, if you pray about it and God leads you, that you would be in agreement and you would join us. Um, go to Fierce Marriage, excuse me, go to patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Fierce Marriage. You get free books, all that good stuff, but do it because God is leading you. Ah. What was that Proverbs real quick that you read at the beginning? The Proverbs? What was the Proverbs? It yes. was uh, Proverbs 29, 29, 11, and 12. 11. Let's start there. Yeah, I'll read okay. it again as it's we dive into this it's topic. A, it's just a good one I wanted to, to hear again. Can't hear the word of God Yeah, so it's much. a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Proverbs like a, 29, 11, and 12? 25, 11, and 12. Ugh. Like a gold ring in an, in an, or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Okay, so there's a lot to be said about what we say. <laughs> uh, James warns us. He says, be quick, slow to speak, quick, quick to, to listen, listen, slow to become angry. We are also warned in our anger, do not sin. We had some of that happening last night on my account, <laughs> on my part. I had to vacate uh, the premises because I was so frustrated. <laughs> I didn't want to say, well, Selena was frustrating. Let's be clear about that. She was the frustrating one. I was just tired. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this right now. I'm so tired. And so there's, in our anger, do not sin. You know, it says that. Um, there's other, obviously this proverb talking about a, a word fitly spoken mm -hmm. is like a, apples of gold. So I used to think that it was um, like, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's apples like crafted out of gold, the metal gold, not necessarily like golden delicious apples. <laughs> Did you think it was an apple? <laughs> Regardless, the setting of silver, the reason why it, it's saying this is that the setting is a, it's like a basket sort of thing. And it's, it's, it's meant to reflect the beauty of these golden apples, right? And it's, and so the setting itself 
is what is mm. kind of finishing the presentation, right? Mm -hmm. So, so words fitly spoken, it's not enough just to say the words, the apples themselves, like that's okay. I think they are golden apples, actually, not, not, I don't, I don't know for sure. But the point is, is that the setting itself is also important and it's important in reflecting the true beauty of the words that are being spoken. So mm. fitly spoken words. This would have been good to know last night. Uh, well, I knew it. Did you know it? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. But how we say things Still kind matters. of stings. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Get some... <laughs> Uh, we got to get through time. the whole podcast here. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going down after this, <laughs> uh, it, a newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, fierce marriage. We fight. Uh, people are not perfect. <laughs> We're fierce. <laughs> PSA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. So it's, it's not just what you say, but it's how you say them. A lot of times we hear this phrase speaking, we have to speak the truth in love, right? That's the same thing, right? So do you speak the truth in love all the time or are you just waiting for the right time? Cause you were telling me my timing wasn't great last night, even though I didn't I didn't feel like I was, I didn't recognize the time I was in. Or sometimes we see the time differently, right? Like I, I see it as this is probably a good time to talk about this. And you're like, this is not a good time to bring this. <laughs> like It was specifically around some... our own children and the timing of disciplining them or discipline yeah. being like talking to them in a way. And Trying not, to teach not... them in the moment that they are just melting down. Yeah. <laughs> Which I laugh because it's just not a good time. Yeah. Trying to, um, yeah, because it was late and they were tired. But I'm like, well, if we don't instruct them now through, like, we can't just say, oh, they're tired. It's okay. We're not saying that. I think you can say they're tired and recognize, like, this is a really hard time and tell them that this is the hard time. And then we talked about it as I was putting them to bed saying, okay, tomorrow you need to apologize to daddy because you did not respond when he asked you. <laughs> misbehaved little children. <laughs> So, you know, it's calibrating expectations, it's parenting, it's training, it's all the things. Yeah. But we were trying to, I, sometimes tiredness is just a factor. I mean, we write about this, we talk about this. But the, but the Bible says, I know you can't be disobedient parents, when you're tired, but I don't think. It says, obey your parents when you feel like it. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> not what it says. Exactly. It does not say that. It says, obey your parents, period. This is the only commandment with a promise. It may go well with you. So the, the, the reverse promise follows. If you don't obey your parents, you're going to get in trouble. It's not going to go well with you. Anyway. So we need to speak the truth and love to our children as much as to, as much to our spouses and ourselves, right? So I think that it begs the question, mm -hmm. like, what does it mean to speak the truth in love? Okay. And, and how, how does this actually work itself out in the various instances right and it falls on to hit a marriage like defining love right if we define love as just being happy in feelings then there's probably never a good time to there's not that those opportunities mm. would be less but if we you know subscribe to the biblical application of love being patient and kind and uh what love is patient kind <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry again a little tired um but if love is that and we're in a covenantal loving relationship and we're, we're defining these terms according to the Bible, then we can understand that with our truth being spoken, we are going to, first of all, be praying probably about the truth that we need to say to, to our spouse, you know, gauging our hearts. Is there something really wrong here or is there just something that I is wrong with me or not maybe even wrong, but is there something going on that's just in my heart that does it really need to be talked about or not, you know, filtering through that. But then if the, if it is and the Holy Spirit's, you know, leading you or you're feeling just this impressing, like I need to talk to him or your spouse 
uh, about X, Y, and Z, then doing it in kindness and with patience and knowing that, you know, it's, it might blow up a little bit. It might blow up. That's just the reality of, of speaking the truth in love. Mm. Like it's not this stamp of, okay, I'm going to speak it in love. It's going to be good. It's going to be easy. It's going to be smooth. No, it's usually not, which I think is why we are instructed to speak it in love because love Mm. is patient and kind, long suffering. There's another good one. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to, um, I want to use this John Stott quote or mention this John Stott quote first because uh, he was a theologian, um, I think uh, in the in the early 20th century, mid-20th century, and he wrote this. He said, Our love grows soft if not strengthened by truth, and our truth grows hard if not softened by love. Mm. Okay, so it's funny you mentioned that whole, like, you know, I'm going to speak the truth and it might blow up. I'm going to speak my... So here's the thing. Love is not arrogant. And, well, love, love is not arrogant. Uh, also, it's not your truth that you're speaking. It's the truth that we're speaking. Mm. And that's, that's I where think, that filter. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of times, okay, so I wrote this thing on on Instagram. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see the wheels turning. <laughs> Literally. I wrote this thing on Instagram that's like uh, communication. It's not, you know, marriage is not about, and I, I believe in this, right? It's not about thinking the same things. It's about, or thinking alike. It's about thinking in agreement or agreeing around big things, right? Or, or let me just read it. I'm, I'm butchering it. It says... Uh, <laughs> And you wrote it. The goal in marriage is not to think alike, but to uh, think together. Yes. You know, Robert C. Dodds wrote that okay. one. Okay. And so, but the thing is, is that we can say, okay, well, we're just thinking differently. We tend to, in postmodern culture, which says that every idea is of equal merit and worth, we tend to think like, it's what I think, therefore it's equally valid, mm. right? I'm, so I'm reading another book. I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Death of Expertise. Amazing book. Also, it's very elucidating for my own heart and mind, where you start to feel like you're an expert on something. You're not. Okay? But everybody thinks they're an expert. This is a truth and love book, huh? Everybody <laughs> thinks the truth. It is. And the dude is incredibly smart, and he has been a, a university professor for decades, and he's basically saying, like, this epidemic is sweeping academia, and therefore it's filtering into society mm. through social media, through – it's this perfect storm – of people feeling like their opinion is just valid because it's, it's just opinion. intrinsically valid. Yeah. And I'm here to say, and he's, he wrote the whole book about like, no, it's not. So these students are saying they're coming against their professor and saying like the professor is giving them all these facts and decades of, and he's not just talking about his own stories, but he's using stories from other professors. Mm-hmm. It's not just his own rant. Right. Right. But he's sharing like how he gets in an argument with these students and these students are basically like, well, that's your opinion. He's like, actually, it's not my opinion. It's fact. You need to accept the fact or be an idiot, basically. And they're saying, well, no, that's your fact. My fact is different. I'm mm-hmm. an expert on this. And he's saying, how are you an expert? He's like, well, I feel it. I've been studying this, this for, for 20 troublesome. years. I'm an expert. You're not an expert. So it's the death of expertise. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to rant and rave a little bit here, but the problem is, is that in communication, we tend to think just by virtue of me thinking and feeling and saying something, it's just equally valid. Or that it's truth, right? That it's it's truth. Yes. yes. And that's what I mean by, by truth can be verified, validated as truth. Um, It's valid in the sense that we feel it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And feelings are valid because they need to be worked through and talked through. But if we're to be wise people, what does that proverb say? It says, it says uh, it, like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover, what, to a listening ear, right. somebody who is listening for instruction. Mm-hmm. 
much of the book of Proverbs is a plea to us as readers to open our ears. Wisdom cries out in Mm. the city streets. Be wise. Listen to her. And I love how wisdom's always a a woman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I love that. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's, it's just true. a beautiful picture. It's just true. Because I think there's a just lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Folly's also a woman. Let's just <laughs> in in the early parts All of Proverbs. Right. Just ignore that part of the yeah. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Never a good thing to say. <laughs> Revisionist history here. So anyway, all to say is like when we get in marital arguments, yeah. we tend to we dig our <clears throat> heels in, and we say like I'm speaking my truth. And that, and I think we're here to say that, yes, that's a human tendency. We tend to see the world through our own vision of things, and we tend to favor our own opinions and views of things. Mm-hmm. But if we're to be people of God, people of God's word, people of wisdom, mm. we need to learn to hear the call of wisdom. And submit to it. And oh, you that's said it. You said part. the word. Submit. <laughs> I'm just like, when you say that. <laughs> that's what I say to you when you're out of line. <laughs> Selena will say that I do not say that. I don't listen. I didn't hear that, obviously. <laughs> yeah. If ever I've said that, it's been a joke. But at the same token, I think we both need to understand the value of submitting ourselves to a truth that's outside of us. Yes. And that's why we're saying it's not just speak truth in love and whatever that truth happens to be, just say it in a nice way. Right. It's we are called to speak the truth in love, mm-hmm. the objective truth in objective love. Yeah. And so that begs the question. What are objective truth and objective love? Mm. And of course, those are big topics. But, big topics. And so all I have to say is, yeah, our, our, um, we need to submit ourselves to it and not just think our opinions automatically are truth because they feel true. Right. So, opinions yeah. are not king. Yeah. Yeah. So talking. So, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have someone stopping by our house right now. I, think, I feel like we're both really distracted because... <laughs> Because our, our friend is caring for the children. It's awesome. And our other friend is stopping by and our friends are talking. Yes. And we're, we can't it's go good. down and be friends with them because we're <laughs> recording the podcast. It's good. Um, it's good. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that, you know, yes, we let emotions reign too much. And so submitting those emotions, taking hold of our thoughts, mm-hmm. right, and submitting those to God is not an easy thing. It's not like, oh, I feel all these things and I'm so angry, so I'm just going to do this. But sometimes it is, and sometimes it is. It just takes some grit and some fierce tenacity of, okay, I'm feeling the wrong things right now, and I just have to know that and let it pass. Like, I've had those moments with our children where I'm like, I'm steaming right now, mm. uh, you little sanctifiers. So I'm just going to go. I need to go take a, a time out real quick and calm down and breathe. Yeah. Um, and I think that we can, that's how I feel sometimes with us when you're like trying to speak this truth or something. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have listening ears right now that my pride is too much. My fear, my insecurities, I can't hear this. Oh. I don't hear what you're saying right now. <laughs> I do not understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, and I think that can be super frustrating for both parties, right? Like mm. I think when you're trying to say something about me to me Mm. i'm just like yeah but just look at yourself like don't talk to me you know it's very easy to just flip that conversation and be like you have all these flaws don't how dare you bring up this flaw in me right and so the like i don't know there's a a name for that fallacy (laughs) in terms of an argument right when you talk about debates and stuff the fallacy is is like 
No, it's, uh, it's I want to say it's like fruit of the poison tree. Like, okay. how, who are you as a moral authority? Because right. you're clearly not perfect. Therefore, I shouldn't listen to anything <laughs> that you have to say, whether it's objectively true or not. Right. Um, right. So we and, tend to fall into that trap. And, yeah. it's, you know, it really falls onto the motivation, right? Like, why are you saying this to me? And mm. if you're saying it again, speak the truth in love. If you are speaking this truth in love to me, you're, you're not coming from a place of being arrogant or rude or boastful or resentful. You are not rejoicing in speaking this truth to me, but you're bearing, it says love bears all things in First Corinthians thirteen seven. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And so if it's patient and kind and not envying or boasting, then this is the place where truth can be spoken. Mm, that's good. This is where you can come from. This is like, this is the well that the truth mm. can come out of. Otherwise, yeah. if it's coming from any other place, they're not going to hear it. And it's just going to be frustrating. Okay. So the, the big question I want to ask next is what is what truths are truly worth fighting for. Okay. So we have this statement, um, again, on Instagram, we posted this in one of one of the captions. If you don't read those captions, read them. We try to make them kind of a devotional thing for you as you go about your week. But it said one cannot truly love without being lovingly truthful. One cannot truly love without being lovingly truthful. (sighs) So what kind of truth, and let's just talk here, you and I, what kind of truth is worth fighting for? Yeah. Okay. So there are times, we all know marriage takes and requires grace. Mm-hmm. It requires kind of cl- keeping one eye shut. And what I mean by that is you realize that you have an imperfect spouse. You're not enabling sin, but you can overlook things. You can't overlook things in love. It over- what is there's another proverb? Says, what do you um, mean? Like overlooking offense, right? So a small offense, like maybe you're, you took a tone with me that I found offensive, but then I realized, oh, you've had a hard day or you've, you know, X, Y, and Z factors are in play. So I can overlook an offense. I can, what is it? um, Overlook an offense, uh, not a sin. Yeah. Or there is a verse that says overlooks, uh, what is it? A multitude of sins. Let me look that up. Love covers uh, multitude. Yeah, love of covers sins. the multitude of sins. I think that's actually talking about Jesus's work on the cross. Uh, co- uh, love covers. Yeah, um, definitely want to have our context there. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, you're always really good at context. Right? I'm sorry, I just haven't. I didn't pull that up beforehand. But the point I'm trying to make is that we all know that in marriage that requires amount of grace. So what battles do we pick? Mm. In other words, yeah. So so I could see a husband or a wife saying, "I have to speak truth in love, and if I'm not true." I don't, I don't say truth, then I am compromising and I'm not loving you well. And mm. so you just need to deal with this. Boom. And I'm going to drop this bomb and make you deal with it. Well, and that's the thing too, I think, right? So if you're going to speak truth, you need to be willing to walk through that truth with your spouse, right? Mm. We're not just like, okay, you know, you've kind of been like this lately. Can you fix it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> that's not going to work. I'll be, I'll be posting your review and your grades um, later, later on this week. So. <laughs> and change that behavior no, definitely right we're supposed to talk with each other we're supposed to engage with each other be transparent mm. walk through hard things together it sucks to be the one that has to like be talked about right it's it's mm. it's never fun to be like oh cool yep here's my shortcomings here's the truth that you're saying to me which tells me that i'm all the things i'm not and this is really like crushing right and so if it if it feels like that tell that talk be willing to walk that journey with your spouse. Don't just say it and leave. Because that, I mean, if you do that, it's really not 
means speaking the truth in love. Love is the way of love, right? In First Corinthians thirteen, again, we keep coming back to this: the way of love. It's not just a one-time thing; it's a way. It's a it's a life. It's an active, ongoing. This is how we love. So mm, that's good. Go, yeah, go ahead. That's good. So I this okay. So full disclosure: we had very limited time to prepare for this, so we're kind of flying a little bit. Yep. By the seat of our pants, but it's okay because I have. I wanted to pull together three very tangible things for you. Okay, as we're talking about truth and love, um, we can't tell you what to always fight about or what not to fight about, what to let go, what to look over, what to actually, <laughs> what to actually um, deal with in right. your marriage. But we can give you kind of these kind of uh, mileposts, I'll say, or these things to look out for. So there's three kind of truths when we talk about speaking truth and love that as you're thinking through your own arguments your tendencies your triggers things within your marriage that would cause you to go off the rails in terms of your harmony and your peace in your household Mm -hmm. these are three things to to be aware of okay and we'll talk about each one individually briefly here but first one is know what truths are worth fighting for and that's what we started asking is how do we know what's truth what's worth fighting for as a rule Okay, what truths are worth fighting for uh, in our household? We know that truths that are worth fighting for are big truths that have to do with God's word, right? Mm -hmm. So God's word is true. We trust it. Um, Jesus is our king and our savior, and he is the Lord of our household. That's a big truth, obviously. If there's anything that Selena is saying or doing or that I'm saying or doing that is contrary to those big truths, those are worth fighting for. We know that righteousness is is an objective standard laid out by the Bible mm-hmm. that we are called to conform ourselves into Christ's likeness, into into uh, a more holy mm. uh, people of God, mm-hmm. meaning that we're not... So things that are sinful, those are truths that we're going to combat. Yeah. That I'm going to go to bat fighting against that truth. Now, that truth could be very overt, or that, that sin could be really overt, I mean. So like mm-hmm. I could be... Um, you know, I'm just thinking of what are what's like an obvious sin that obviously like pornography, mm-hmm. um, indulging in pornography and and not fighting against lust in that way. That's a right. sinful behavior right. or uh, overworking, I think, can turn into a sinful behavior, mm-hmm. um, any sort of uh, unhealthy addictions. Mm-hmm. Right. And it could be obviously there's drugs, there's uh, alcohol. Uh, anything that's going to be defiling the temple that is our body. So Mm -hmm. things like tobacco use, I think, and um, there's a lot of ways that that can be a sinful behavior. Right. So combating in a loving way. It's not just nagging, okay? So when I say combating is a word I maybe shouldn't use because to be combative is is a different connotation. But to go to bat for that truth, um, I think is something that we would agree on. Those those truths are worth fighting for. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, I think all truth on some level is going to be worth fighting for. The question is, what is the timing going to be for that um, in your all own marriage? All biblical truth, yeah. Biblical truth is worth, well, and that's, those those truths would go hand in hand. Um, things like raising our kids in the Lord, right? That's a truth that we're going to fight for. Mm-hmm. Or what kind of things we're going to allow our kids to, to see on the screens. Or, right. And, do you have any other ideas what might be worth fighting for? That's uh, your yeah. wheels spinning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like how to... Speak it all out there, but um, to speak your truth, you know. Speak your truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you honestly. I think you nailed it. You know, I think it's there's. We are in such agreement on some of the big truths. Um, I think the thing to recognize is that fighting for truth is probably a bit of a journey. It's not just kind of one and done conversation again. I think I can't emphasize that truth enough because we go into it with this expectation of you know I'm just gonna. We're going to talk about it. We're going to overcome it. It's going to be good. Mm. Like, we're just going to get through this. When really, 
in God and his graciousness and his goodness allows us to kind of face things over and over and over again until, you know, our hearts soften until our hearts are affected by his word and his truth. And then we start living that out. And when we are living that out, that's when, um, when we're hit with those opportunities or those things again about, you know, speaking the truth and love and those, those hard mm. things, they become less hard. They be, we become more confident in his mm. word and, and his, the life that he's given us, the new life in Christ that he's given us. Yeah. And I think it, it, it I guess I just yeah. see this as a personal example. I see this playing out in our, in our decision to, to home educate our children. Right. I was very nervous. I had a lot of insecurities. I mean, we're only oh, going yeah. on our second no. year and I was just like, ah, oh, what are people going to think? I don't know if this is right. I just, there's Can all these things. This? Can yeah. I do this? Yeah. Are my kids going to be weird? Like all of these voices in my head. And I kept just coming up against like just the truth that I was just seeing in the Bible. And you were very convicting about this. And it was just very clear to us. But I was like, yeah, but how do I make it clear to other people so that they're okay and they think it's cool too, right? Like I just want to blend in. That's just been kind of my personality. I don't want to stand out with things. And I, and, and I then, had to remind you that re, yes, and it took, the truth that maybe that's not as important as you think it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of submission to God's truth. There's a lot of sanctification in that process. And, you know, in our second year of, of home education, it's it's become beautiful. It becomes like, I don't think we're going to have enough time in the next, you know, 10 years or whatever of, of teaching them and showing them and, and going through all of these things. So you see this process at the beginning, right? We're starting homeschooling. There's all these insecurities. It's hard. I keep hitting my head against like these truths and it, it feels hard and it feels like it's crushing me. It's breaking me down. I don't have peace, but I do have peace, like that weird kind of in between. And then we step into it and there's still like these judgments and insecurities and anxiety around the whole thing. And then I'm walking in that journey and the confidence and assurance that has come and the grace that God is like, I, this truth hasn't changed for you. Your, your heart is just softening and coming around to it. And now you're able to walk confidently in Mm. it. So I guess just reminding ourselves that the journey is not a weekly conversation. It's not just a one-time thing, but it's probably going to be over a a long period of time. And that's good because that's, that's where our hearts get soft and tender towards the Lord and the life that he has for us. So maybe a better way to look at this, um, Instead of saying what truths are worth fighting for and knowing what truths are worth fighting for, I think the answer to that is every truth is worth fighting for. The question is better phrased like what category of truth <laughs> should we should we fight for in this moment, right? Sure. So there's big broad categories like like who we are in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Our faith, the 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 faith foundation of our lives. Those truths are truths that always need to be fought for. But then there's other truths like uh, categories of truth, uh, like this decision that we've made and standing by that. I want to read this verse from um, from Ephesians 4, where this the phrase truth and love comes from. And I, I'm going to go back to verse uh, 4, verse 11, and I'm going to read about five or six verses here. So bear with me. Uh, but I think it does um, shed even more light, of course, as God's word does, sheds more light on this conversation today. So it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. 
Rather, speaking the truth in love. Hear that? Rather, it's a pivot. Mm -hmm. Speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Mm. Okay, so he's talking to the Ephesian church, Mm -hmm. and he's saying, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ, that we may no longer be children, no longer thinking like children, needing, Mm -hmm. requiring milk, but instead being weaned off of the milk of soft truths and and onto the meat of hard, of, of sustaining truths. Yeah. Being children tossed to and fro, back and forth by waves carried about by every wind of doctrine and by human cunning and by craftiness of deceitful schemes. So, I mean, think about how this might be applying in our own lives, right? Or in your life, listener. Um, Human cunning, right? Could that be culture? Hmm. Could that be different um, winds of the doctrines of culture. Obviously there's wind of doctrine in the church. It's the letter to the church. So there's winds of doctrine and being able to discern doctrines that are of God and doctrines that are not truths that, that are lies that are masquerading as truths. Mm. Um, but being able to fight for those big truths uh, as a couple together. So the whole point of speaking truth in love is to combat that tendency yeah. so that we can do what? So that we can grow into maturity as as the body of Christ. So we have this call onto our lives to not acquiesce, to not let lies reign, not let lies masquerade as truth, but to speak the truth in what? In love. Okay, so we've talked about what truths are worth fighting for. Now, this is a second reminder, know that love without truth isn't actually love. Mm. A lot of times we 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 default toward doing what's easy and less confrontational because we feel like that's the more loving thing to do. If I don't rock this boat, no one's going to fall out and it's people are going to feel loved. But if I rock the boat, it might create some problems. Right. Right. We, I, the way we talk about that is it's peacekeeping versus peacemaking. Right. Peacekeeping is an enabling behavior. Mm-hmm. Peacemaking is a... Is an active... Is an active... Submissive to God's word, like... Right way of 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 living and walking out that truth yeah so love without truth isn't actually love but rather it's a mixture of insecurity selfishness and fear Mm -hmm. love without truth isn't love it's a mixture of insecurity selfishness and fear how Mm -hmm. is it it's insecurity meaning that i don't i don't really trust i can stand on this i'm not secure in it yeah or i'm being selfish in that i'd rather not deal with this confrontation it's easier for me not to do this mm-hmm. so i'm going to i'm going to respond to that selfishness and that fear by mm. not dealing with it it's hard well it's hard and it's easy because you can distract yourself out of anything right and you can mm. just find that next thing and just kind of ignore stuff but again those those decisions today of ignoring things mm. will blow up tomorrow <laughs> eventually i mean believe it or not there's going to be some loss created yeah. if we aren't Again, hanging on to that truth and and no and fighting for it, knowing what truth is to fight for, and then knowing that we have to love through this truth. And if we don't, if we haven't experienced that love or we don't know it, we are going to have to walk through some of that hmm. to to really understand that. And God is is good to teach us his and show us his love through Christ, um, which I feel like is the way we really are. I mean. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. I don't want to get too theologically deep, but he obviously had some anxiety about it, right? Yeah. But he he didn't 
sit. He said, Father, take this cup from right. me. Right. I know. I'm trying to go slowly because I don't want to like there, miss, miss there's speak a lot here. Of, there's a lot of debate on theological <clears throat> fronts around like, well, could Jesus, would Jesus really not want the perfect will of the Father? Right. And there's a lot of Right. There's a lot that, about that. Whether or not the, he wanted the, to. Yeah. The but, thing is, is that he, he, he took up his cross really right and he said i'm going to mm. i'm going to go there because i love mm. he loves us he wants to bridge that gap he wanted righteousness and redemption for us yeah. so he he rocked the boat essentially mm-hmm. and he is he, again he's a perfect example of love and we we can only love because he first loved us so when we look at jesus and we look what he did for us how why can we not have this conversation that we're fearful about like why can we not What's holding us back? There yeah. shouldn't be, right? So what's uh, I'm thinking of a tangible, a tangible way that this could play out for a couple. Um, I think a lot of times you have a husband or a wife who feels like they um, they need to bring something up, or okay, so say you you identify a behavior in me, yeah, a pattern in me that you see as destructive, or yeah. sinful, or headed in the wrong direction. Um, you are debating in your heart whether or not you should bring that up. Or say you identify a pattern in your own heart or yeah. in your own life, your own behavior, my own heart, my own life behavior. Yeah. And I don't want to bring that up because I'm afraid that if I speak, if I tell that truth, if I speak in that truthful way, mm-hmm. that you won't feel loved. Right. So, and that's what we're saying is know that love without truth, without, you can't, the heart cannot love what the mind does not know, right. as Jen Wilkins says. Yeah. And so if I'm not allowing myself to be known by you, then I'm not actually affording you the opportunity to love me right. in a fuller way, nor am I loving you in the fullest way. Right. Fear definitely cheats us out of those mm-hmm. those moments of of being able to be vulnerable and be transparent and allow love yeah. to to fill in those gaps, right? And allow love to to really be what it is and to grow deep roots. So, is that the second one? This that was is- the second one. Yeah. So, just to recap here, we're talking about speaking <laughs> truth in love or love and truth. Okay, so know what truths are worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to add one to that. That's the first one. So we talk about big faith truths, but also the truth that your marriage is a gift from God and mm-hmm. it's something that's worth fighting for. Absolutely. So a lot of times we can, the truth can, we can forget the truth that we are called to be married to the one we're married to. Yeah. <laughs> and we can start to believe that I've fallen out of love or that our I marriage is, is lost <laughs> or I've missed it somehow, or we just are irreconcilable or our differences are too great. Mm-hmm. Um and so I just want to say that that's a truth that's the truth on top of that lie is that your marriage is a covenant. It is the best thing for you to fight for. Yeah. There's nuances to that in terms of safety and abuse and stuff like that. You want to make sure that you're in a safe place. But at the end of the day, reconciliation is always going to be the ideal. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that you make sure and get help if you need it. But reconciliation is the ideal. Not that that's always possible. Anyway, I could go down that rabbit hole pretty fast, but well, so know those, what truths, yeah. know what truths are worth fighting for and fight for them. But then know this. The second one is know that love without truth isn't actually love. Mm. So don't hedge your bets around truth. Instead, focus on the delivery and the loving way to, to speak that particular true thing. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's the third one is know that truth without love. So we've talked about love without truth, but truth without love isn't necessarily the fullest truth. And what I mean by that, and again, we're not trying to be relativistic. 
there is absolute truth and it's God's word. It's God's decree. There are things that are just true. Now, when we talk about things, something being the fullest truth, we're saying that if you're not, you're not speaking truth with love, you're not giving someone, um, how do I say this? If I come to you and say a hard thing in a very unloving way, mm-hmm. I'm not actually saying it in a way that is conducive to your heart hearing the truth. Right. Instead, you're hearing all of the stuff that's wrapped around the, the delivery of the truth. Right. right. And so if I come to you in a loving way, if I genuinely want you to hear something, if I say, Selena, I love you. I want you to hear this because I'm saying this not just to throw it in your face, but because I'm here as, as your your husband and here as somebody who wants to lead you to a closer relationship with Jesus, I would ask you to do the same to me. Here's this hard truth. Mm. Are you more likely to hear that as opposed to, or if I just said, Hey, you suck in this way. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not that. (laughs) Or this hard thing is I'm going to throw it in your face. Right. What are you more likely to hear? And so when we say that speaking truth or saying truth without love isn't necessarily the fullest truth. What we mean is it's not delivering the fullness of that truth. Right. You can't just say it how it is, right? right. Like this is this is just how it is and this is how I say things and no, no, no. That's just not, it's not going to go over well. It's not going to be heard for one thing. Um, but it's also not going to build, I mm. think, the unity and the love that you're longing for in your marriage. Yeah. It's just going to cut it off. Whatever yeah. was there, it's it's done now. <laughs> well, I mean, usually when I hear a husband say like, well, I'm just going to say it how it is. It's usually just an excuse to justify what's sure. actually unloving, impatient, disingenuous, and unempathetic communication. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's lazy communication when it I is. say like, I'm just going to say it how it is because I love you. And that's right. what, well, okay. Okay. You're saying you love them, but you're not showing it, right? It's right. it's a lot of words. And so there's... Well, and Jesus, I mean, look at him. He always yeah. told the truth, even when it was hard. And he, he did so in ways that, that were just infused with love and compassion. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, obviously, that we have to be Jesus, but... Well, we're, we're called to be like Christ. We're called to be like yeah. Christ. And the Holy Spirit can lead us and teach us and show us. And there's... I mean, obviously, be, dwell in God's word, be in his word, mm. but sometimes we need, not need, there are books out there that can help us with tools, like just tangible tools of how yeah. to talk to each other and how to communicate in a loving way, the way Christ would want us to communicate to each other. Um, because I, for me, I'm very blind to those things sometimes. Mm. I just, I don't mean to say how it is, say it how it is, but I just, I'm very bad and I lack kind of loving communication i think yeah. sometimes i try really hard i really do yeah. so yeah there's a book um i'm trying to find it here it's called i think it's called we can work it out i think is the oh, name of yeah. the top. Uh, it's, it's i don't think it's a christian book but it's all about having hard conversations so good uh, and there's another one called crucial conversations that's more around business but it's how to how to how to uh breach these topics in yeah. a way that is actually advocating for the the resolution not just saying something but actually going somewhere that's the whole thing is like when we speak truth and love when paul was talking to the ephesians he wasn't just saying speak the truth in love because the truth is just worth saying right he was saying speak the truth in love so that you may mature yeah as a people which is maturity takes a journey it's a process so it's a means to an end speaking truth in love we treat it as an end in itself but it's a means to an end it's a means to growth it's a means to a closer connection right and so often we we wield this bludgeoning (laughs) truth sword and we don't we don't realize that it takes finesse to actually 
have the sword accomplish what it's meant to accomplish, not just cut your, chop your head off, but to actually like, right. maybe, there's maybe, an, there's an art to it. Inflict the wound a, that's for healing. Right, right, right. that surgery Proverbs there. talks about that. Yep. Um, yeah, so I, I want to revisit that John Stock quote, <clears throat> and then we'll recap these three, um, these three things that we are saying. But I just want to, I think this is so good. This is our love grows soft, if not strengthened by truth, and our truth grows hard, if not softened by love. So good, so good. So I think I think the, the couples conversation challenge should be these three things, these three yeah thing uh, reminders. I guess that you're talking about, and the first one of know that truths are worth know what truths are worth fighting for. Yeah. Again, not trying to be relativistic. We're fighting for the truth under the biblical truth that is mm-hmm. God's word, that who God is. Mm-hmm. Fighting for against the lies that uh, our marriage is is wrong or it's not what it should be or there's someone else out there yeah. uh, that we can't get through this. So fighting against those lies and knowing the truth that God has purposed your marriage for you, for his glory, for your goodness. So I guess the, the challenge is to identify those as a couple yes. in a time when you're both in a good place right? and write down what are those truths that you're going to fight for as a couple. And again, talking about setting yeah. time for that, obviously I feel like that yeah. can kind of prepare our hearts and our minds for that instead of just being like, okay, Hey, we need to talk now. That usually yeah. is never a great time. So the second one is know that love without truth isn't actually love. Yeah. Love without truth isn't actually love. So, uh, I think that kind of, go- I mean, that goes without saying, and, and we've already explained what that means, but that's the second point. And the third one is know that truth without love. It isn't necessarily the fullest d- delivery of so that good. truth. So good. So, um, so go through those with your those, spouse. Yeah. yeah, and try to identify maybe some areas in your own heart of how have I tried to speak truth and it has not come across lovingly or maybe how your spouse has and why you haven't been able to hear it, whether it's fear or pride or insecurities, um, and you just don't know how to communicate well against that. And if yeah. you do, bring bring <clears throat> other people from your community into your group, you know, marriage mentors, and say, I feel like we can't talk about these hard things because – He's like this, or she's like this, and yada yeah. yada. Sometimes it there's just, a lot of couples that you write need in. Have dinner with a friend. Some you friends. guys, sorry, I'm not interrupting a little bit, but husband, wife, whoever's listening to this, if you're thinking, man, I just cannot seem to get my spouse on the same page with these truths. Yeah. Um, you're okay. First off, you're not alone. Right. I'm. I am. I'm not. I'm a. I'm not surprised that people aren't always in unity. We get a lot of couples that write in that are that are not experiencing unity on these big truths. Um, but I am a little bit, um, I'm hoping that we can help dispel that. And, yeah. I, and, and spouse, husband or wife, if you're listening to this, know that you could be a catalyst that God is using in your spouse's heart. You likely are that catalyst he's going to mm-hmm. use to begin to get them thinking about these big truths that Selena and I are talking about. Yeah. And so if you feel like you can't get on the same page and you, they won't in, engage in this activity with you or you feel like it'll just end in a fight, I would say start by writing this stuff down for yourself and maybe yeah. in a note and then deliver it. Hand, in a handwritten note or something, yeah. um, that could be a tangible way to start bridging that gap yeah. between your shared belief that maybe you don't, and finding a shared belief around, right. around if God's word. if you're like me, that you can't always think on the spot of the words to say, it's a good way to just kind of process mm. through it and write down your own thoughts and not feel threatened by like, I have to defend myself here and then fight here. Like you're not on the defense and the offense at the same time. Yeah. So that's a, I think that's a super tangible way to start that. Yeah. So. With that said, the exhortation that I want to leave you with is this, is let your love be strengthened by mm-hmm. truth and let your truth be tempered with love. But wield both truth and love together, together and in doing so, get about the true work of actually loving each other well. Okay. And so it, it's, 
It's true work to love each other well. It takes work and it takes a clinging to God's truth, trusting that when you do the actions of love, the the feelings of love will follow and the unity that, that it begets will actually follow. So with that, let me pray us out and then we'll call it an episode. Lord, I thank you for your word once again, um, shedding light mm-hmm. on these um, issues that we face as married people, mm-hmm. as people um, married um, to the glory, to your glory. Um, I pray that you would help us to be people of truth, but also people that speak truth in love and people of love, of your brand of love, not mm-hmm. our version of love, not our version of truth, but God help us cling to your version of truth, your truth, cling to your love mm-hmm. and to live those out as faithful followers, faithful disciples of your son, Jesus. Father, you are so good to us. I pray for couples that are struggling right now, for the husband, the wife who feels maybe hopeless or they're <clears throat> on the brink or feels like there's a fracture that is irre- irreparable in mm-hmm. their marriage. I pray that you would infuse them with hope infuse their hearts with peace, spirit reign in their life. I pray that you would well up a worship for you in their hearts that is inexplicable, mm-hmm. a peace that is otherworldly. And in that you would be glorified, God, and that they would be, um, that you'd be their sustaining hope, their sustaining love, their sustaining peace through this season in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Lord, we pray all this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. This episode is... In the can. As usual, we will see you in about seven days. And until next time... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.